It's me, Zach, rolling the intro for Sweet Tea and D&D, where we talk about the lore and legends of... <laughs> Does that a no? <laughs> where we talk about the lore and legends of your favorite monsters in 5e D&D. Welcome. That we do. That we do. Because <laughs> we're professional. You sounded super profesh. <laughs> Never say that again. We've got a special guest today. That we do. He said he would come hang out with us. <laughs> Finally. And he's probably regretting it now. <laughs> Those emotional scars have healed that we put him through. Uh, it's Steven. I'm not going to say his last name because that'd be weird. Hi, I'm Steve. Oh, geez. Please keep them. Yes. <laughs> Please keep that timber for the entire time. I used to work late night right here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. It was really hard to not do this all the time. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's really like I'm sitting in front of a microphone. I'm like, all right, everybody, it's 1145 in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, the weather outside is 23. Uh, none of you should go outside. It's real, real cold uh, and it's snowing. So we're going to just play some Miles Davis for you. All right. Next up, Air Supply. <laughs> no, I don't think I ever played Air Supply. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, so I'm here. You haven't scarred me too badly yet. Sweet. Actually, yet. yeah. I listen to the podcast when I go to sleep, so it's real nice. Aww. We're glad we can put you to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> it's just pleasant. It's just like, ha, 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 Last time we were all in the same room, uh, we destroyed a continent. Holy cow. Yeah, we did. We did, didn't we? With, was it the fairies? I don't We pissed know. off a hag. Yes. No, it was in the Dragon Queen, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Whoop. Oh. That was Adventures League, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 it was sort of a slightly adapted. You guys um, kept going for the worst option that you could go for. And <laughs> that sounds you, like us. Where I was like, okay, well, how about you guys do this? And you're like, no, no, we're not going to do that. I, I remember who instigated that fight, who I want to say died at the end of that encounter, oh, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, it did. He did, and he oh, earned yeah. it. And we were just like, we got to leave to see another day. <laughs> Yeah, off on a boat. I yeah. kept giving him chances. I was like, oh, are you sure you don't want to leave? No, I pull my 12-foot pole arm, and I'm attacking. And Okay, there's like 18 of them, and they're uh, demons from the deep, and they look real big. Are you sure you don't want to go through that door and close it behind you? <laughs> no. No, I don't. I got it. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Can't healing word through a door. <laughs> That's assuming you want to. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, he did start it because I remember he casted something on the mm-hmm. hag and we were just like, this is how we die. <laughs> <laughs> this is the avenue none of us wanted to go down, but here we are. <laughs> it was level one, the four Adventures League. Mm-hmm. We were four. We never saw the five part of Adventures League. <laughs> we never did. No, we started over. Oh, Evay. Oh, city. Adventures League. Okay. Broke a few eggs, that's for sure. Oh, <laughs> so many. What are you doing this weekend? What what um what monster are you doing? I'm going to talk about the Nothic. It's a sweet, sweet cursed creature. You can see a picture of it right now. I'm holding it up to the group like we're in grade school. Everyone, and please read us a Should do Sunday school with this book. Oh god! This is what happens when you touch yourself. You get the little the spines. Yeah, the spines. He looks yeah. like the little toe monster, kind of. You go or that blind. Thing from the nineties that used to sing songs to us. What thing from the 90s sang song? It was like the little frog. He was a little gray frog that sang this techno song. I don't remember what it was oh, called. Oh, 
Crazy Frog. Sure. His dick was out the entire time, too. <laughs> not even <laughs> kidding. Google Crazy Frog. His dick is hanging down. I it's really weird. I don't. I think it was Russian. That's probably why. <laughs> Soviets, <laughs> Russia, dicks out. <laughs> dicks We're, out for Stalin. We are on rails from the beginning. Smooth sailing on this show so far. I can't far. remember if we have Russian listeners, but if we do, sorry. He's not. There's one guy in Russia just like, oh, no. <laughs> he went Italian, too. Okay. <laughs> it's right. a me in Russia. <laughs> Do you have any vodka in a Russia? That's a spicy Russian dish. I don't know any Russian dishes. <laughs> Potatoes and sadness. Jesus. <laughs> I'm gonna get into this before we insult I don't another want, whole continent. I don't want Putin to hear country. This. <laughs> Coming on a bear. What? Oh no, it's a horse he's riding. Shirts. I'm so sorry, Stephen. We're so much more professional. We're not. You know, <laughs> you no, know no, what you're the higher we get in production value, the less professional that they get. The less professional. Oh Jesus. Yeah. Okay. So I'm I'm gonna get into this Nothic creature. <laughs> Come in on a bear, not physically. <laughs> go Jesus, leave it in. That's what oh. I thought he said. I was like, "What the hell?" I think I laughed at the bear. Uh, either way, this is a medium apparition. Jesus it's Christ! A medium-sized creature has sharp, pointy teeth and a singular eye. It looks like. Mike Wazowski, but he made some dark deals with Vecna. <laughs> he's got spikes like blades on his back. He's, I think he's got, I'm going to say either four fingers, maybe five. I don't know. But they're all clawed, so either that, way that you're fucked. That finger. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to get into how Nothics reproduce. All right. So um, this baleful eye peers out in the darkness. It's very green and black. It looks like it would stare into your soul. It's gleaming, hinting at a weird intelligence and unnerving malevolence. Most times, the Nothic is content to watch, weighing and assessing the creature it encounters. When driven to violence, it uses its horrific gaze to rot the flesh of its enemies. Bones. <laughs> Professional. <laughs> so, essentially, this is formed when a wizard makes a bad deal to become some type of a lich or some powerful creature. In fact, it's like, not today. And just turns it into this cursed creature. Um, not oh, so retained. this used to be a wizard this that was got a wizard. turned into something. It was like, I'm going to live forever, but in the wrong way. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Horrible. Nothics retain no awareness of their former selves, skulking amid the shadows and haunting places rich in magical knowledge, drawn by memories and impulses they can't quite understand. They are, however, dark, creepy oracles. So, Nothics possess a strange magical insight that allows them to extract knowledge from other creatures. This grants them unique understandings of secrets and forbidden lore, which they share for a price. A gothic covets a gothic. A gothic. It is a gothic. A gothic oh, no. covets magic items, greedily accepting such as gifts from creatures that seek out its knowledge. And the last thing is, they are lurkers in magical places. Gothics are mean, and they're in magical places, and they're driven by vague knowledge that there exists a method to reverse their condition. There isn't. Uh, it isn't clear sense of purpose, but rather an obsessive tug at the end of their minds. Some Nothics are clever enough to realize that this is merely part of the strange lesson for their folly, a false hope to drive them to seek out more arcane secrets. But they spend a lot of time in Arcane Academy, so I think this would be a fun place to bring them. Mm-hmm. Is 
Like an abandoned library or something. Like an abandoned library or like the Chamber of Secrets. It's just a Nothic with questions <laughs> who also knows about stuff. And all they do is just kind of like hide in the corners, collect information on students, and then <laughs> fuck with them later. So moaning Myrtle. Moaning Myrtle, yeah. <laughs> but with creepy ga- gazes. Voyeuristic D&D character. I mean... Mm. Moaning Myrtle. Wow. I like how we got voyeurism in here. (laughs) Moaning Myrtle or boning Myrtle? What did you say? Moaning. Either one. Depends on who. She likes to go into the boys' restroom. She was. She was. It still blows my mind how old that woman was. 37? Yeah, at the time of filming. Yeah. Way too old to be going to a little boys' restroom. (laughs) (laughs) No, she's just a little girl. (laughs) Okay, so this thing is neutral evil. It has an armor class of 15 with 45 HP or 68 plus 18, which is 66. 68 plus... Okay, I gotcha. Uh, Quick math. Actually, I don't know. I don't know either. I'm just saying it's 68 plus 18. (laughs) I just said a number. Y'all all agreed. (laughs) Yeah. We don't question it. They have a speed of 30 feet. They have a strength of 14 plus 2, a dex of 16 plus 3, a con of 16 plus 3, an intelligence of 13 plus 1, a wisdom of 10 with a plus 0, and an 8 charisma, because they're just so beautiful, with a minus 1. That's actually a kind of high charisma for this shitty of a creature to look at you and be like, I know your secrets. Look into my eye. One eye. Tell me your secrets. I just see it like being upside down on something like, ah, tell me your secrets. I like that the little background doodle looks like it's about to take a massive dump in a cave. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so let's get into the fun stats. Oh, gosh. It has a skill of arcana of a plus three, insight of plus four, perception of plus two, and a stealth of plus five. So it can hide really well in those libraries. As long as it closes its eye. That's true. So it doesn't like stare at you from a distance. It has true sight of 120 feet. Wow. And a passive perception of 12. Right? That's quite far. It's under common is its only language it knows. Oh. So it can't talk to its friends. It has true sight, but zero depth perception. <laughs> Damn. How could you make fun of this it poor disabled creature? Lies, but it can't see right you in front ableist of it. piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> it is a CR of 2 for 450 XP. Mm. It does have keen sight. Maybe it does have death perception. Uh, the Nothic has advantage on wisdom perception checks that rely on sight. Uh, lastly, it gets a multi-attack, which is a CR2, so this thing's going to fuck up a party. Mm. Um, it has claws of plus four with a reach of five, and they can do six or 1d6 plus three slashing damage. They have what's fun and called rotting gaze. The Nothic targets... <laughs> we can't same every monster. At one point, we're going to have to be different. Um, first of all, don't tell me how to live my life. <laughs> I identify with a lot of these monsters. They're just misunderstood. Uh-huh. I'm a Hufflepuff now. This poor Mike Wazowski creature is so lost. <laughs> Respect my truth. You can't be a... I'm a Hufflepuff. Whatever. All You're right. not a Hufflepuff. I am technically a Hufflepuff. You don't want to be a Hufflepuff. I now. don't. There All right. Go. The target's one creature it can see within 30 feet. The target must succeed on a DC 12 constitution saving throw or take 10 3d6 necrotic damage. And lastly, it has weird insight. The Nothic targets Is this one really creature. Is really what it's called? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just think it's a weird way to insight. Yeah, no, it's called a weird insight. Fuck you, I just uh, The Nothic targets one creature can see within 30 feet of it. The target must contest its 30 charisma deception check against the Nothic's wisdom insight check. If the Nothic wins, it magically learns one factor secret about the target. The target automatically wins if it is immune to being charmed. So it ain't getting shit on elves. Hmm. But if you fail, it's just like, I know you wet the bed in this creepy child school. <laughs> oh. Moaning Myrtle sees you sleeping and knows when you're awake. 
Is Mona moaning Myrtle Sand? <laughs> no. <laughs> She's sexual assault. Hard, <laughs> hard no. She's Krampus. <laughs> That's what they said. <laughs> okay. Someone get that out. <laughs> We're going to get hate. Bunch of fucking hate messages. Okay. Anywho. We are so not like. We're in a new space. We're getting yeah, used I am to it. so not used to this. Like, oh, there's a table in front of us. Oh, so, there's like, a mic in my face. We don't <laughs> all like, Zach's shit isn't everywhere. Sometimes <laughs> you need to have tortillas <laughs> on hand for when you're busy working. <laughs> you're not wrong. Yeah. What you're, is a great snack? Tortillas. What? <laughs> comfort tortillas. Comfort tortillas. <laughs> These are my emotional support tortillas. (laughs) You have to let them on the plane. (laughs) That's my emotional support bowl of queso. (laughs) Today, it is unicorns. Today, it is unicorns. Unicorns. Yes, it is. Uh, Unicorns dwell in enchanted forests, obviously. (laughs) If you didn't know, now you know. Unrelated (laughs) Unrelated to the horses it resembles... That's surprising. A unicorn is a celestial creature that wanders sylvan realms as its white form glimmering like starlight. Why has it got to be white? Because which is the coast said so. <laughs> <laughs> and look, I don't make the rules. I don't even follow them. A unicorn's uh, brow sports a single spiraling horn of ivory whose magical touch can heal the sick and injured. Its ears catch the words and whispers of the creatures that share its domain and it knows the tongues of elves and sylvan folk. Unicorns allow good-hearted creatures to enter the woods to hunt or gather food, but they hold evil ever at bay. Foul-hearted creatures seldom have a unicorn's do- leave a unicorn's domain alive. So I'm assuming that at some point they have this knowledge of good and evil. They just read your soul. I don't know. <laughs> the unicorns know your whole character. They check your aura. <laughs> that looks- sounds like a unicorn thing. Right? <laughs> <laughs> if I was going to put that on any animal, it would be that fucking unicorn. You look like a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see auras like a bitch? <laughs> I'm going to ask that to somebody. Um, they're divine guardians. Good deities placed unicorns on the material plane to ward away evil and preserve and protect sacred places. Most unicorns protect in a bounded realm, such as an enchanted forest, where they like to hang out. Um, however, the gods sometimes send unicorn to guard sacred artifacts or protect specific creatures. When the forces of darkness strike against an individual the gods wish to protect, they might send the individual to a unicorn's forest where evil creatures pursue at their peril. Unicorns must often serve deities of the forests and woodlands, including the gods of benevolent fae. Although all unicorns have a natural healing power, some serve the gods in greater capacities, performing miracles for- normally reserved for high priests. Well, Jesus, they just got all this responsibility. Protect the forest, <laughs> heal the sick. <laughs> Murder those bastards who look evil. God the ungodded. Save the realm. <laughs> Eat grass when you have time. Shit rainbows. <laughs> Damn. Busy day for a unicorn. It's a busy fucking day for a unicorn. Um, they are forest lords, if you were not aware. A unicorn's forest is a celestial realm where nothing that occurs beneath the sun dappled leaves escapes the creature's notice. A unicorn hears each breathy tune sung by the elves that reside amid the treetops. <laughs> it senses where every caterpillar spins its cocoon, each leaf and branch upon where a bright butterfly rests its tired wings. Fucking nerd. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't. <sighs> <laughs> Guys, I mean, so self-conscious. 
We're talking about. I'm talking about the unicorn, not you. Oh yeah, I just can't see what's going on. Do you hear that solid cover? It's a it's a wing of a butterfly. It's tired. <laughs> Look, I don't know. What do you want me to say? It's a unicorn. It does magical things. It's so extra. It's just looking around and seeing a caterpillar, but it's got to be extra as fuck. As it gazes around, it sees. In, in the unicorn's forest, a sense of calm pervades from wolves and foxes to birds, squirrels, and tiny insects. The creatures of a unicorn's domain seem quite tame. Pixies, sprites, satyrs, dryads, and other normally merciful fae loyally serve a unicorn when they dwell within its woods. Under a unicorn's protection, creatures feel safe from the threat of encroaching civilization and the insidious spread of evil. A unicorn roams its domain constantly, moving ever so carefully as to not disturb other denizens. They like that word, and I never know what it means. Denizens. Denizens. Damn, everyone was waiting on that, weren't y'all? Nah. I felt it. I especially felt it from you. <laughs> I felt like a bad student. <laughs> I was like, See. damn it. <laughs> a creature might catch a passing glimpse of the unicorn and suddenly see nothing but the wild woods. God, they got a lot going on. Sacred horns. A unicorn's <laughs> horn is the focus of its power, a shard of divine magic wrought in spiraling ivory. Wands of unicorn horn channel powerful magic, while unicorn horn weapons strike with divine force. Wizards can work powdered unicorn horn into potent potions and scroll ink, or use it as a component in eldritch rituals. However, any creature that takes a role, no matter how small, in slaying a unicorn is likely to become the target of divine retribution. A cursed life, a half-life. <laughs> it doesn't matter what fandom. You just don't kill the unicorns. Don't fuck with unicorns. They gotta watch over those caterpillars. <laughs> don't don't hang on the caterpillars. I have no comment. <laughs> <laughs> those goopy sons of bitches go. They can't help it. They turn into a liquid. They are. <laughs> <laughs> they, I don't know. That is the weirdest biological fact. <laughs> um, they are blessed amounts. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Same. Same. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Are you new here? Um, <laughs> when darkness it's and been evil... been a while. <laughs> now we're a horrible Nickelback song. It's when darkness and evil threaten to overwhelm the mortal, wor- mortal world, the gods sometimes see fit to pair a unicorn mount with a champion. Okay. <laughs> a paladin astride a unicorn is a sign of the gods' direct intervention in the affairs of the mortal realm. It is a holy alliance made to cleave the heads from demons and banish devils back to the nine hells. As long as the troubled times of darkness persist, the unicorn stays by the champion. Its horn shining brightly to drive back the night. However, if the god's champion falls from grace or turns from the cause of righteousness and good, the unicorn departs never to return. You guys do not seem interested in unicorns. I... They're interesting. I just imagine... <laughs> there's a spell. You used to do it yeah. where you could summon a unicorn. It was... um. Conjure celestial 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 aid or some shit like yeah, that. Yeah, you could be like, I need a unicorn. What forest did you fuck over when you pulled that unicorn? Like, <laughs> I was I'm a sorry, realm. I gotta go. I gotta go save this dumb bitch in a cave, and I'll be right back. You know, well, there's someone you can ask about that who was. I'm sitting here thinking, like, where are you going to use this in your campaign? In a forest, but why and how? Caterpillars, yeah. like and you know, all of your PCs are gonna be like, I'm the paladin. Choose me. I'm going to mount the unicorn. <laughs> you're like, no! I feel like I should have chosen a different one. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, They're no, like no. that, too. I feel like they have a Saiyan who's getting mounted. 
consent. Because <laughs> I feel like the unicorn has to give consent. You should fight to the death no, to see if you are they, worthy. They serve the deity and stuff. Like that's true. And, yeah, this is one of the examples of wizards being like, "I'm going to overwrite everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to overcomplicate this. Yeah, simple, simple thing. Okay, a unicorn's lair. It's a fucking magic horse." <laughs> It's, right. it, but no, it's dude, not. It's a it magic horse. No Just leave way. it there. It's what Lisa Frank always. <laughs> <laughs> you can only enter its sacred realm if you are. Have you? If you've eaten the sacred mushrooms? Yes. <laughs> Everything looks like a Lisa Frank poster after that. But I didn't know unicorns had lair, and we're gonna learn about them. Ooh. A unicorn's lair might be an ancient ruin overgrown with vines, a misty clearing surrounded by mighty oaks, a flower-covered hilltop alive with butterflies, or some other serene woodland location. It would be really cool if you had a, a party that was kind of turning evil and kept doing bad things. You just have them wander in and just be like, oh, yeah, you guys are okay, but you? Oh. And then they'd have to deal with that. An angry unicorn. And then they would laugh at that, and then it would absolutely kick wreck <laughs> their just shit. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, now I know what I'm going to do with a yeah, unicorn. Bring, a unicorn, bring um, some assholeish characters into an evil force that they accidentally gotta, set on fire. And by uh-huh. accident, I mean fireball. They would actually do that, yeah. yeah. It's like a celestial doorman. Mm-hmm. It's a little bouncer for the forest. Yeah. Just like, oh, uh, yeah, yeah you like guys the, can go in. Not you. It's the Lorax. What? I'm the Lorax, and I say you a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good times. Okay. I speak for the trees, and they say, fuck <laughs> oh, I speak for all these trees. <laughs> yeah. So good. I don't speak for this tree. <laughs> Regional effects. Aha. Transformed by the creature's celestial presence, the domain of a unicorn might include any of the following magical effects. Open flames of a non-magical nature are extinguished within the unicorn's domain. Mm-hmm. Torches and campfires refuse to burn, but closed lanterns are unaffected. So nothing can be caught on fire. Now this unicorn is now Smokey the Bear. Okay, creatures uh, native to the unicorn's domain have an easier time hiding. They have advantage on all dexterity stealth checks made to hide. When a good aligned creature casts a spell or uses a magical effect that causes another good aligned creature to regain hit points, the target regains the maximum number of hit points possible for the spell or effect. That's pretty dope. That's pretty dope. Didn't it just say, though, that the unicorn allows those in hunting and gathering for food of good of heart to hunt and gather? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yet it protects wildlife creatures from to hide better. So it's just kind of this trade off like, well, this person's really good and they're hungry. Sorry, Steve the Rabbit. It's time for you to go. <laughs> Sacrifice yourself. I stepped in your berries a while ago. Oh. <laughs> Not to date. Are you, we're, going, we're going to meet a politically correct unicorn who's got weird rules about that type yeah. of shit. <laughs> and that's up to the DMs. You know, make this unicorn fascinating because obviously it's not. <laughs> if the unicorn dies, these specs end immediately. Now the stack block because that was a whole lot of text can, for can this I ask thing. One question before you get to the stack block. Absolutely. What level character would you give this to? Like amount to? Because that's a super powerful like healing and everything. What level would you throw that at a character? It's a CR five. It's a new. There's a new spell in Xanathar's where they get a better mount as paladins. Mm-hmm. It's like a fourth level spell for paladins, but that means they're like level like eleven or twelve, aren't they? Paladin leveling for magic is weird. Yeah, it's weird. I would say yeah, could be eleven or twelve. Yeah, seems right. 
Jeez. It's like Mystic Mountain. Although it would be fun to have like an under-leveled character and then the unicorn's just like, no, that's not how we do this. <laughs> Mm-mm. Calcifer and a unicorn would have been great together. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of judgment. Oh, so much judgment. The unicorn, would, the unicorn would have witnessed him shoot that child's head and then oh. it'd be like, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. that forest? Do you need me to return? Like, yeah, no. So close. <laughs> Just almost. All right. A unicorn is a large celestial. Oh, wow. I don't know why I thought they would be smaller. I didn't think they'd be large. Um, and they're lawful good. Oh, God, no. I take that back. The calcifer and a unicorn would not have gotten along at all. Mm. That's a solid buddy cop movie, though. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Calcifer and the unicorn. Calcifer and the little looters. And the little looters and unicorns. That would be great. Um, it has an armor class of 12. It has 67 up to 108 hit points and a speed of 50 feet. It has a strength of 18 with a plus 4, a dex of 14 with a plus 2, Kana 15 with a plus 2, an intelligence of 11 with a 0, wisdom of 17 with a plus 3, and a charisma of 16 with a plus 3. It's immune to poison damage. And it cannot be charmed, paralyzed, or poisoned. It has a dark vision up to 60 feet, passive perception of 13, and it knows celestial, elvish, sylvan, and telepathy up to 60 feet. So, all them common people just are fucked off. So, t- High and mighty unicorns don't speak to commoners. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't think about that. So, if someone... Oh, someone. If a monster has telepathy... Do you think it understands your thoughts if you do not speak one of those languages? Isn't that a rule with it? Like, as long as you understand one language, you can communicate via telepathy? Yeah, I think so. So if I don't speak any of those languages and I just speak common, the unicorn could not read my thoughts, say. But it has telepathy, so I'd be able to communicate with you for it. Telepathy gives you the ability to, like, as long as you speak a language, you can understand. It's really weird. It does seem weird. I would think, like, I feel like I have an inner monologue. I speak in my head rather than have pictures. I feel like you wouldn't understand if you were, if you didn't know the language. Mm. Cool. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Get me a DMG and we'll, we'll get into it. But, hmm. Interessante. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Mm, awkward silence. Yeah, for real. It's a CR5 and it's worth 1800 uh experience hp i almost said hp it's immortal <laughs> you can get if you eat its heart afterwards you you know get something fancy temporary hit points of 1800 yes um it has a charge um action if the unicorn moves at least 20 feet straight toward a target and then hits it with a horn attack on the same turn the target takes an extra nine up to 16 piercing damage if the target is a creature it must succeed on a dc 15 strength saving throw or be knocked prone it also has innate spellcasting. The unicorn's innate spellcasting ability is charisma with a save of 14. The unicorn can innately cast the following spells requiring no components. At will, they can do detect evil and good. Druidcraft, pass without trace. Once a day, they can do calm emotions, dispel evil and good, and entangle. Um, they have magic resistance. The unicorn has advantage on saving throws against spells and other magical effects. Effects. Jesus. <laughs> magic weapons the unicorn's weapon attacks are magical I don't know what weapons this thing is holding look at its forehead well I feel like that's it, of course it's magical it's a unicorn horn 
like, in the, but it's not. I don't feel like it's a weapon. It's part of his body. I'm <laughs> sure there's some artificer who's just dying to get their hands on a unicorn <laughs> and like strap some sort of like chain gun on the side <laughs> and be like, oh yeah, oh excuse me, is this AL legal? <laughs> <laughs> the answer's normally no. <laughs> the answer's always no. <laughs> Uh, you guys are better than I am. I can't keep up that shit. Okay. It has a multi-attack. The unicorn makes two attacks, one with its hooves and one with its horn. It has the hooves attack, uh, which is a plus seven to hit, reach of five feet. On one target, on a hit, it does 11, up to 16 bludgeoning damage. The horn is a melee weapon attack with a plus seven to hit, reach of five feet on a single target. On a hit, it does eight, up to 12 piercing damage. It has healing touch three times a day. If the unicorn touches another creature with its horn, <laughs> just <Yes>. carry on. <laughs> We're listening. Where does it have to touch? <laughs> does the unicorn use protection? Oh, God, fucking stab you! That's the druid crap. Something. <laughs> oh God! The unicorn touches another creature. It gets back some hit points. <laughs> How many hit points? <laughs> Round 11. <laughs> <laughs> Up to uh, 18. In addition, the touch removes all diseases and neutralizes all poisons afflicting the target. <laughs> well, then it doesn't need protection. It's just like, uh, is, hold on. <laughs> is <game>. pregnancy a <laughs> condition? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'll go ahead and throw that one in there. <laughs> It has teleport once per day. <laughs> the unicorn magically teleports itself and up to three willing creatures it can see within five feet of it, along with any equipment they're wearing or carrying, to a location the unicorn is familiar with up to a mile away. This is the most OP mount <laughs> I've ever heard of in my life. No, no, they can go a mile once a day. It's a horse, right? <laughs> a horse can go a mile. Like, it's that a teleport horse doesn't from the really guys. help. <laughs> And it's only three people, a party of four. Sorry, Tim, you gotta walk. You'll be well, It's a mile. You'll be okay. Just, so we'll meet you in about fifteen it's like, minutes. It's the monk. You just leave the monk behind. They'll be fine. Step of the wind, you asshole. Knees to chest. Knees to chest. The unicorn can take three legendary actions, choosing from the options below. Only one legendary action op- legendary op- action option can be used at a time and only the end of another creature's turn. The unicorn regains spent legendary actions at the start of its turn. It has the hooves, which we've already gone over. It has shimmering shield, which costs two actions. The unicorn creates a shimmering magical field around itself or another creature it can see within 60 feet of it. The target gains a plus two bonus to AC until the end of the unicorn's next turn. And then it has heal self costs three actions. The unicorn magically regains 11 or up to 2d8 plus 2 hit points. That's pretty badass. It is. That's how that mount stays alive so long. <laughs> I mean, it's really, really hard to kill a unicorn with all of its you know, saving hit Magical points. Shields. And you have to mm. be in a forest <laughs> or mounting it on something. <laughs> Something's mounting it. It's mounting something. You guys heard the text. It's a horse riding a horse with a person <laughs> on top. The end. I don't even know what that would it, would it roll its own initiative if you if somebody takes it in the battle? Yeah. Like, yeah. I would have to. That's intelligent. I'd give it that. That's on page 293 of the Bosch Manual, by the way. 
page 236 for the Nothic. You ready for a magic item? Um, Steven, are you ready for a magic item? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Large, loud construction sound. <laughs> I got your magic item. <laughs> it's a human-sized jug of red juice. <laughs> Once a day, you can use it to break through a wall. <laughs> any wall but it <laughs> destroys any sneak or invisibility <laughs> disadvantage on stealth right after you will never be invisible again <laughs> Every t- when it hits the wall it splashes red juice everywhere and anybody who's invisible is turned red <laughs> nice I'd take that as a magic item I think yeah. that's kind of cool actually. once per day yeah. yeah yeah do it just break through a wall any wall. And you can drink from it, but you'll feel a little weird. <laughs> it's it smiles at you. It's oh, like, why is it viscous? You know Some why. Some kind of sugar biscuit. high. <laughs> oh, gross. Were you one of those people who you made the Kool-Aid and you'd mix the Kool-Aid and the sugar and then slowly add water and just taste it? And you're like, oh, yeah, until the sludge got to the perfect level. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so you can feel the diabetes. <laughs> diabetes. That was pixie sticks were originally supposed to be drink mixes. Mm-hmm. And they like put that shit in a tube and give it to the children. <laughs> <They're> <laughs> not, nah, it. wrap it in inconvenient paper and give it to tiny children. <laughs> Make sure they get their sloppy wet lips all over that paper. <laughs> Seal that bitch right uh, back up. Uh, God, the worst I hated thing pixie ever. Sticks. You had to shotgun them to get any use out of it. Anyways, do you have a magic item? <laughs> Sorry, unless it is the Kool Aid Man, which I'm. I mean, now, now, (laughs) now it's the Kool Aid Um, Man. No, I mean, I like taking fairly normal magical items and then like tweaking them a little bit. You know, one of the most popular ones that everybody wants is like a bag of holding. Right, Mm -hmm. you got a fourth, fifth level character, and they're like, "Oh, uh, do they do they have any bags of holding for sale?" And so I started to you know make every shop have one, but it's always got some drawback. So I have like Sam's sack. Which is a bag of holding, but it smells horrible. But it's not like a persistent smell. So every time, if, you, if you're sneaking around with it, it's going to have a chance of eliminating their sneak ability. Mm. And it's just kind of a whiff of like body odor, mm, you know, ass. leftover food. Like, and it's because, you know, like, okay, you're in an organization, you got hired to do some sort of mission, you're like, oh, yeah, we're going to need a bag of holding. Okay, yeah. They might give you a magical item to complete a mission, but they're not going to give you the best one. Yeah. There's no way. Nobody goes up to, like, procurement in a business and is like, hey, oh, uh, yeah, I know we're a new employee, but we want your best, you know, laptop. They give you, like, the Dell Latitude 11 from 1997, and they're like, here you go. You can use it as a weapon. Uh, <laughs> that's what I needed. <laughs> I like that. What other horrible, not horrible things, side effects or side... Effects? I, I I really was... I hated one character once, and so I made there be a 10% chance that there was like a hole in the pocket dimension, and sometimes things just slip through, and they wouldn't get the check until they reached in to grab it, and then they'd roll a percentile, and if it was like 0 to 10... Sorry, it's gone forever. No. So bad. Well, yeah, but like bag of holding is so OP and everybody has one. Like it was originally meant to be like super rare. You had to like defeat a demon to yeah. get it. And now like 
every campaign I've ever been in, somebody has a bag of holding. And I'm like, I, I get you don't want to have to worry about carrying everything around. But, you know, if how, everybody just had a pocket dimension. <laughs> how often do you use, like, the encumbered, like, rules? I do pretty frequently. In fact, I'm evil. I, like, if they're going to mess around with money, I'm like... Dude, you're not carrying 9,000 gold <laughs> coins. You know, like, change it into gems or something. Like, something, like, you, or have a bank or something. Like, you cannot carry 9,000 gold across the continent. <laughs> jingle, 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 jingle. <laughs> I'm just like, no, no. Like, put it somewhere, come back for it. I'm not going to have that place get robbed unless you're a real jerk. But, like, just don't. Um, you know, invest in some real estate or something and then sell it later. We could have a whole role-playing. <laughs> um, I'm going to go to a broker today for this session. People always want, like, magic weapons because they, they want, like, silvered or whatever. So you got to be like, okay, sure. But it's like a 1D4 hairpin. Yeah. I mean, you can kill a ghost with it real slowly. <laughs> what if you were the ghost and who got killed by the hairpin? So, that would be like the shittiest afterlife. Uh, well, more like because you know you have to if you kill the ghost the way it died, the way you did with yours. Uh, so you just had to stab it repeatedly. Uh, with yeah. That hairpin. <laughs> so I do have a question about items. It just came to my head. A plus one sword. Is it magical or is it just a really well made sword? It's magical. <sighs> yeah, they consider it magical. Uh, yeah, that happened. There used to be masterwork. Mm-hmm. That was like it was a little better. It cost a little more. And I don't think it had any bonuses, though. I think it just was more, it had like a higher duration or whatever they wanted to put on it. Yeah, something like that. I remember it and being like, this is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they used to have a thing where it would do like plus one to attack or damage. It wasn't just kind of applied yeah. to everything. And it cost like tons of money. And people were like, well, why would I ever get masterwork? It's not worth it. I'll just go and find something that's actually magical. Mm hmm. It was a weird. It was fourth edition, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, we don't talk about fourth edition. <laughs> Except that I bring it up like a dumbass. We shouldn't. We Nobody should. should. Mm -mm. It never happened. Oh, I'm just the tail. There we go. There we go. There we go. <laughs> now it's official. Now it's official. No what is the tip for today? So I was thinking, let's talk about traveling. Let's in D &D. talk about mm. traveling. Oh, that's exactly so good. I was right there with you. I almost started singing that too. Let's talk about copyright claim, guys. <laughs> hey, it wasn't seven seconds. It's parody. Parody. That's fair, true. Fair use. You're That's fine. That's true. You're great. Uh, so I was... <laughs> Jeez. Okay. Uh, so one of the ways... or I commonly use traveling as an excuse to role play, if necessary. And I'm, As the DMs, there's multiple DMs at this table, seeing how everybody approaches it. I've heard there's kind of three ways to really do it, which is the hand wave. You traveled. I told you about some stuff you passed. <laughs> you went from A to B. Congratulations. Um, there's the second way, which is you actually roll random encounters for every day, mm. which is a thing. It sounds good. But then the last one is that no matter where you're traveling, no matter how far, there's one encounter. That's your middle point. Traveling is dangerous. Something has to happen. So, what will it be? So, I was wondering how you guys approach traveling and what's your preferred method. Not everybody <laughs> at once. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, I, I always try to do something different, but 
it depends on the group you're playing and they're just not going to play along there's nothing you can do like yeah if you're in a hack and slash group you're like okay now's the opportunity to get to know each other <laughs> you run into a scary old lady who offers to tell you your fortunes and you're trying to bring in some of the six page backstory that somebody wrote for you and you're like oh this is gonna be great and they're like uh-huh and we kill her. Oh, right. <laughs> Does she have anything expensive? Does, Does she have, have a bag of gold? That literally happened to me with a group they were like uh does this random old lady by the side of the road have a bag of holding for sale and i'm like no these are like not for sale can we steal it from <laughs> does she have any bags it could be a bag of holding she's just holding out on i already rolled an 18 <laughs> my passive perception is 16 that means i would see it yeah uh, you know so i'll try to do that like but uh, it's so hard i really like the idea of travel actually being something that they transition with and that helps them grow, get a better sense of the world. But sometimes people just don't care about the world. <laughs> they Very just want to you know, murder hobo. And <laughs> I just want to get yeah. there. I, it hurts a little when you're like, I homebrewed this. There's a bunch of lore in this forest. There's a unicorn, goddammit. <laughs> and it's pissed that you're an evil bastard. But You could have mounted that unicorn, damn it. <laughs> if you ask nicely. Uh, yeah, so scent I, is always key, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so I've, I've always kind of approached it a similar way. It's, it's really good at reading the party to see where they are. And like, oh, well, we just want to stab then give them something to stab. Yeah, absolutely. XP. And don't waste time building out that city and all the characters and the NBCs and the six different pubs they can go to. And then like, just be like, nope, we're going to just put this on train tracks. And yeah. <laughs> choo choo. You've never driven through Texas? <laughs> That's what traveling is like until you hit a major city <laughs> with a college. That's about it. Yes, yeah, that's all yeah. it is. So, any uh, thoughts? I remember when I actually gave a crap as a DM and I like, I made a whole Many like, ago. so long ago. And, like, I made a map and everything we were trying to travel. Mm-hmm. Nobody fucking gave a... No one cares about all the shit that you've put out there. Just just get them there. I... Unless there is something very specific that you're doing along the way, my mom... You know, just kind of get them there. I like the idea of... Especially at higher level parties when they have teleportation and abilities to move from continent to continent so quickly. Mm. Maybe there's actually some time for them to get somewhere as they're walking from that one hub they can go to and then going to the next location, that seems like a good time to try something. But if they don't care, they don't care. Yeah. I mean, I found that it's really helpful to give them an alternative that's clearly like, well, you guys can take the stagecoach and it's going to just get you directly there. Yeah. And there might be one encounter with robbers or something, but it's just going to go there. Or you can be like, or you guys can walk through the path, but it's been known that there are many strange... And they're going to be like, oh, okay, yeah. Stage Hopefully, coach. <laughs> stage coach it is. Yeah. Well, no, like, they'll probably be like, "How much is it?" It's nine thousand gold. <laughs> Does he have a bag of holding? <laughs> <laughs> They're going to do an old fashioned just hold up. Give me your coach. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of bag is that? <laughs> Give me your unicorn. I know it's a unicorn pulling this thing. Mm. <laughs> Protector of the forest and the so, road. I feel like that's not helpful to anybody. I feel like these are not actual tips. It's like, oh, do what you would. This isn't a tip. I feel like it's whatever you as the DM kind of can keep up with as well. If you struggle with combat, you may just want to poof them there. If you if you find yourself more successful at combat, you may throw more encounters at them. You know. Yeah. And like I said, if you're a party just hates role play then you don't waste anybody's time with that don't 
Yeah. Nope. There's no reason to get excited about it. Yeah. I think. Oh, go ahead. How much do you change when you come across a party that doesn't role play? They just want to. They literally just want to fight stuff. That's a really good question for Steven because I'm sure he has a lot of that. I I change everything. Just like. No. Okay. Cool. <laughs> like I, I have this thing now. I'm doing a campaign, and like I created this whole world, and it's amazing, and it's like a pocket dimension, but nobody knows they're in a pocket dimension because it's like hundreds of miles, and it's all formed around the fallen body of a dragon that has petrified over time, and there's all this lore and stuff, and they're like, mm, no. Now, part of it is like half of my party are my kids who are eight and twelve, Aww. and they're like, mm, I intimidate them. Right. Okay. You can't just intimidate everyone, but okay. Yep. You do. They do what you want. Okay. Moving on. So it just kind of keep moving. But I think it is important, especially if you're working with newer players or younger players, to at least introduce the idea of role playing in some situation that, like, okay, I'm going to make you have some sort of work together moment. You have to do it. Nope. Yeah. (laughs) Because, I mean, it's half the game that. You know, so many people ignore, and they're just like, well, I'm going to make jokes about unicorns and penises, <laughs> and I'm going to talk about how, you know, people are mounting, and ha, ha, ha let's make some money Python references. And like, we've Guys, all, I think he's calling you out. I feel attacked. <laughs> we've all been there. I mean, it's fun, but like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's cooperative storytelling, and part of a story is more than the plot, so you got to at least try. I mean, even with like the little looters, there were little like things that I would put in there to be like you care a little bit or don't we didn't we we murdered a whole continent (laughs) unintentionally I'd like to still point that out it wasn't our fault but I accidental genocide accidental genocide accidental genocide for for the for the tip the DM tip what is one way that you would introduce or like try to get a murder hobo party to role play Uh, put them in prison yeah, that's that's the number one best thing. They have to have repercussions for what they've done. Yeah, I mean, I had one the one group that tried to steal the bag of holding from the little old lady ended up <laughs> running from the entire cavalry of that land, and it I, I like I forced them into a Butch and Sundance kind of moment where like they were surrounded by an entire army of mounted men, and they were in this little house, and I was like, okay, you guys are gonna have to get to know each other now. Like, <laughs> Talk to sorry. each other about your feelings. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have to do that. You gave me six pages. Of a backstory. <laughs> Some <laughs> of that's going to come out. <laughs> Time to share it with the world. You're going to share all that trauma with the rest of your party. Yeah. They're going to hate it. They're going <laughs> to hate you. <laughs> you fucking edge lord. Uh, oh, I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. Your rogue is so kind. Uh, <laughs> I think with the idea of them just being murder hobos and railroad, I, I think it's got to be kind of railroaded too, mm-hmm. don't you think? Yeah. If they're going combat to combat, you've set them on a track and you're just pushing them through it. And it's your job to put something in that way that they have to interact with. Whether that's a prison, an NPC, they have to convince that they just can't intimidate because they don't know who the hell they are. Or you do waves of combats so they run out of heal and they have to take downtime. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, you're hiding in this building. You have to eat. You have to take a long rest so that you get your heals back. We're not moving on until you talk a little bit about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And throw some horror in there that scares them at night. Yeah, or sometimes it helps to have one of those um, monsters that, you know, brings out secrets and then, like, whispers it to Is other it people. something maybe like your monster, where they, they if you feel that save, they learn something about you. Yeah, like they hide in the library for the night and then yeah. Othic is still there and just like, hey, 
He wets the bed. That's a secret. I yeah, feel you, like you could pull so much more besides. Oh, yeah. You could do some horrible backstory yeah. stuff like his parents are actually alive. Like, that'd be weird stuff. <laughs> <laughs> his parents are actually cousins. <laughs> oh, God. Hopefully they didn't know that. Yeah. So you can pull some. There was the um, ball girl. What did we do? Um, it's in another book. I can't remember the name of it, but it looked at bones and read the stories. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think that was ball girl, wasn't it? That's the that's the oh, demon. Oh no, that's right. That's the demon that looks like a monkey. Thing. Yeah, yeah. What is this one called? Burbling. Is that it? Yeah, yeah. Burbling. Black Betty. Burbling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a good. One. I got one of those in my campaign coming up. They don't know that it's coming. It's really good. They're fun. I, I thought that was a good way to introduce some dark secrets. Mm-hmm. And we talked about a bone demon the other day, and we're like, yeah, that we should be something that somebody has to take out to find a bone for the burbling to read. Mm-hmm. Mm. Or steal it from it when it's sleep. Well, it doesn't sleep. It's just bone. I'm uh, telling you, it's unaligned, so it could be a really nice one. And just be like, oh, you mean this one right here? Here we go. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> you can have like a Freaky Friday, like where they both touch the bone at the same time, and you have two of your players that like share a vision oh, or something. Oh, yeah, that'd be dope. And then they have to deal with that. Then you make them just switch character sheets. So they have to oh, that would be kind of cool. That, that would be, be kind of cool. cool. I tried to mess with y'all kind of like that once. It didn't work very well because y'all didn't figure out because y'all stuck together. I made it where they were. <laughs> it was rough. We didn't Scooby Do it. it didn't that Scooby-Doo was our downfall. <laughs> that was your saving grace. We had a. It was called the Dybbuk box, which is uh, like ghost story from somewhere. But mm-hmm. essentially, once you open it, you were cursed. If you saw what was in it, you were cursed. And everyone was cursed to open the door around that time, which was the whole party because they picked the lock. And opened it and cursed themselves to where they have this black ring that, as they separated from each other, it would tighten and sever their limbs. Yeah, until they solved the curse. Remember that? Yeah. I feel like it was not as impactful as it was supposed to be. It wasn't because y'all didn't leave each other. I live by the rule don't separate the party. (laughs) I live by that rule. Okay, rule. The last time we split from the party, we tried to be health inspectors, and that did not go well. We went into Damn a, it, I had a good story though. I just had a bad role. <laughs> it was I thought it was perfect. If I was me, I'd let me win. <laughs> if I was the DM, I would make my story better. No, no I would have made it better. I had it was a restaurant and we were trying yeah. to be sneaky. And I said it was a health inspector. Because even Deanne had said that there was this little woman who was just like bent over making food and I was like this is a violation of <laughs> worker rights. And mm. I really tried to sell it. And that was one real bad I, persuasion roll. I rolled a natural one. We ended up flying out of the window with <laughs> dragon breath, trying to go, <laughs> just like running out. Yeah. We are now wanted in that city. <laughs> We're wanted in a lot of cities. We do kill a lot of people. We're murder hobos. You're a murder hobo. I put that on Instagram. I try not to be. So, if you want to hear more of our murder hobo ways, you should come and... That was the best transition. (laughs) Wrap it up. (laughs) You can uh, check us out for the podcast. Obviously, you've already done it. Um, With uh, Sweet Tea and D&D, all separate words, uh, at your podcatcher of choice. Or if you want to follow us on any social medias, it is Sweet Tea and D&D, all one word, and uh, we'll pop up on there. You can also check out our website at sweetteaanddnd.simplecast.com where you'll find our episode show notes and other information. Thanks for listening. Say goodbye. Bye. (laughs) 